I like Steve Bannon. You know, I, I think Steve Bannon... I like his hair. I, want, I, I, want I like hair. him. I, I like his... He's an anti-globalist, and that's what I am. I'm an anti-globalist, right? Jews. No, I don't... It's, Steve Bannon doesn't hate Jews. Give me a break. Neither does Trump. I, I can't hate Jews. I am Jew. Why am I wearing your headphones and you're wearing mine? That's the, that's the, that's the real mine question. are also like the most ghetto. These are garbage. Wigger headphones are like Rock Nation white right. headphones. Yeah, those are much better. They were inexpensive. Are these Amazon. Sennheiser? No, no, I'm not paying for Sennheiser. Yeah. Not yet. Not until we start extracting some cash from our listening audience. Uh, yes. The podcast economy is the new sharing economy. Uh, yeah, we can. We don't have to talk about that part because that's not good to go yet uh i wanted uh, we're really bad at promoting things that are connected to this i think because you and i are both bad at self-promotion uh we're embarrassed by it yeah i feel like it feels shitty but uh we got to do it we have a lot of subscribers we have a lot more than i thought millions and we I have millions yes of we have millions of subscribers minus so you know. uh nine hundred thousand <laughs> Um, and ninety nine 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 nine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just and, kidding. No, we have many listeners, and uh, a lot of them coming on Player FM, which Player uh, FM has, has featured us, has featured us on one of their pages, which is really nice. So if you listen to us on Player FM, that's amazing. Uh, uh, that seems like a cool app. I don't know. I haven't used it, but a lot of when I look at the stats, a lot comes from that way, and they list us as having a hundred. So anyway, a uh, couple ways that if you want to get more in touch uh, who the fuck knows uh, if you want to get in touch with us there's a new gmail address which is that it's not a huge fan podcast at gmail.com not a huge fan podcast at gmail uh yeah i uh, have a medium page which is quite popular i have many 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 followers on there actually i have speaking of Pareto principle you really get your like 20 percent audience that is just always there yeah and it's funny because then it's like you get sort of sick of those people and you're just like ah, it's not exciting that this random person keeps commenting because it's like i'm tired of them they like me they like me i don't care about this one you're mad you're mad that they like you yeah yeah so uh my medium page is is hot so go on there what is it how do people get there uh it's just isaac simpson medium i think it's just my name i think it's literally just isaac simpson medium i i've been recently been paid i'm one of the very first paid writers for medium which is cool isaac simpson dot medium or medium dot no it's just isaac medium slash at isaac simpson okay and uh yeah you know it's cool because it's like you know my articles i actually get paid to just write on there which is cool so So the more traffic you give isaac the more money you're putting in his pocket well not it it should be that it should be 10 cents a click i think that that's the the future of journalism but uh and your website is isaac yeah because you know when i get an article that has like 600 700 clicks if i was getting 10 cents a click on that I wouldn't have to work at all, no. right? I mean, that would be it. And I should get fucking 10 cents a click or I should get five cents a click and I still wouldn't have to work, you know? So go on there and click away. Uh, and join our Facebook group. Uh, yeah. We have a Facebook group where people post interesting things occasionally. Yeah. And uh, we've had some good discussions in there. And if you just look up not huge fans on Facebook, it's right there. Uh, join it and I will approve you. Although I will delete you if you spam or if you're a weirdo. Uh, yeah. And 
Um, I don't have much to promote because I don't do a lot of online writing. But if you live in Los Angeles, come to my weekly show at the Hollywood Hotel on Thursdays at 830. We're going to have a rotating show every uh, every week. Uh, It's going to be people we've seen on TV. I'm going to do a show called Comedians You Should Loathe, which is a play on Comedians You Should Know. Uh, and it's going to be comics that I have personal problems with. So uh, you'll get to judge if they're good or not. And awesome. And also the Hollywood Hotel is hilarious because it's not in Hollywood. It's in East Hollywood and it's on the shitty street in Vermont where I used to actually live. It's, it's also hilarious because it's called the Hotel Hollywood and then its subtitle is the Hotel of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is both which redundant is a, and not yeah, true. Which is redundant and totally untrue. <laughs> it, it's like the Holy Roman Empire. It's either Holy Roman nor an empire. It is not a hotel in Hollywood at all. And yet, so when you live there, every time I would walk by there in the morning, there'd be like some bewildered looking European tourists yeah. being like, how the fuck? Do, why are we on some shithole yeah. street on Vermont in the middle of like nowhere? And I feel like there's a lot of hotels like that in L.A. where people come and they think they've either misinterpreted how L.A. works or they've been misinformed or hoodwinked. Yeah. But there's always these hotels in like shittier parts of town. Like Koreatown. Can is I drink a, more of your cider? Yeah. Koreatown is a perfect example. Uh, there's quite a few hotels there, and I always see these people like doing exactly what you mentioned, where they're strangely... Uh-oh. Everything's falling apart. Where they're strangely hanging outside, looking perplexed. Yeah. My mom came to visit me uh, a few years ago with my dad, and uh, I was like, where, where are you staying? She's like, oh, I found a place in Koreatown. I'll be nearby. I was like, oh, great. I can walk over there, and we can go do stuff. And uh, then I was picking them up from the airport and I was following the directions and Google Maps to the hotel. And I was not driving to Koreatown. I was actually driving through downtown L.A. Yeah, it was Koreatown, San Diego. Uh, and <laughs> yes, yeah, almost. It was little Tokyo oh, that we fuck, ended up in. And, and I was like, this is <laughs> not Koreatown. This is a, almost a racist uh, <laughs> yeah, situation. A racist mistake you just made. <laughs> So I had to like schlep over to Little Tokyo Koreans. to pick up These my parents. These are Japanese people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and there's two Japanese neighborhoods. There's Little Osaka and Little Tokyo. Correct. Little Osaka's yeah. hot. That is a hopping spot. Yeah, it's great. It's great over there. Uh, that's over in West LA. Yeah. The only great food in LA, I think, is Thai and ramen and Korean. We have great Korean food. And yeah. it's like all, the, all other food in LA sucks. And also, like you're saying... Um, you know, there is no L.A. There is no L.A. There's no L.A. in L.A. There's no even Hollywood in Hollywood. I mean, there's the, you know, Miracle Mile. What, what do they call it with the fucking stars? Miracle it's not it's, Miracle Mile. Uh, Star Walk of Fame. Oh, the Walk of Fame. Yeah, but that's an utter shithole where you get, like, shot in the middle of the night. Well, that's what... It, you know, it's disgusting. And so, you know, people, it's no wonder people come here and they're just bewildered and they're like, what do I do? Where yeah. do I go? Like, what am I doing here? Well, people think that, like, Hollywood is this community with, like, movie stars walking around, you know, that's shooting their movies know. and stuff. And it's, you know, and the way that people talk about L.A. outside of L.A. that have never been here is is very funny it's completely not what you think it is so if you come to la there's things to do it's a good place to visit but don't come here without doing some real research well you need a friend going. who can yeah, get you in of course. you know i mean that's really what it comes down to and la is not even a, see the thing about la is that you 
get here, you get obsessed with accessing the cool shit. Yeah. Eventually, you do access the cool shit, and then you realize there was no point in accessing this cool shit to begin with. And then what you realize is the great thing about LA is that you can like live in a nice little house with like greenery outside and this beautiful weather and you just chill. Like that's what LA, that's what's great about LA is that everybody is so disconnected from each other. Like that's the good part about it. And (laughs) you think that that's the bad part and then it slowly becomes the good part over time. Yeah. Just like the movie Crash postulated. Yeah. We have to crash... We have to crash into because we're so disconnected. We're in our these cold metal jackets of glass, and we just need to feel something, so we crash into each other. <laughs> crash. <laughs> that's beautiful. Crash. I don't think that's. How I interviewed I, Paul Haggis one time about Scientology. It's about his career. He's an interesting dude. He's nice. He's cool. He's a pussy ass cuck ass bitch. But I think you know. that um. What is that movie he made the next three days? Yeah, which was great. That's, that was great. That's an incredibly Such an good underrated movie. film. Yes, yeah, absolutely. No, it really it's is a, a remake of a French film, film that I haven't seen. Yeah. But on its own, it's great. an amazingly good movie. I, I, yeah, that was one of those things that I like rented on a Saturday afternoon or something and just watched. I was like, damn, that's yeah. a very underrated film. I went to see that with some uh, with a friend. We just wanted to go see a movie. I think it was summertime. I don't know. It was sometime. I was like, let's go see a movie. And it was... That was the only thing even halfway worth really saying. Good. Yeah. I was like, what? He's weird, man. He's a weird dude. You know, he he's a real uh, journeyman. Like, he came here and just was slaving away as, like, a TV writer for years. Right. And then he wrote Crash and just, like, boom, boom. And Million Dollar Baby right in a row. Yeah. Just, like, was killing it. He's kind of fallen off, though. Like, his uh, la- latest movie, which he said was his best movie ever, was so bad. What was and it? And it was clearly about him. It was about, like, you know, they all make these movies. It's like the old guy who's like, like Charlie Kaufman's last movie was the same. Anomalisa, where it's like an old celebrity writer <laughs> is fucking girls on the side. <laughs> and this is what it's like. It's like, yeah, real fucking hard to understand, yeah. you know? And that's what it was about. It was about like a famous writer who has an affair with like a hot young girl. Mm. It was like, uh huh. Yeah. Did I, you see Synecdoche, New York? From. Yeah, I couldn't get through it. I like I like that movie a lot. It's quite good. <sighs> you know, I I love Charlie Kaufman. I think he's amazing. I I love his whole. I you know he's an artist. Yeah. I love him. His but, oeuvre. Uh, I love his oeuvre. But uh, you know, there's a limit to my indulgence and sweaty pathetic I think art if you, I think if you watch that movie all the way through if it's, you give it a ch- right. what, what, what point do you get knocked out I just it's just it's just too pathetic too much pathetic sadness you, you gotta you gotta push through that because there's stuff that it's fair at the end is almost horrifying it's almost a horrifying really? ending. yeah and not in the traditional horror way but yeah. it is it was originally pitched as a horror movie really which is oh i didn't know that which is what it is i oh. mean it's it's like an existential horror movie uh, oh fuck i gotta okay maybe i'll it's, watch that you know it's definitely pretentious but it's not pretension that i mind yeah it's fine sure uh, so today um Isaac and I, a long time ago, we kind of made a pilot for what this podcast is now. Uh, we had a long two-episode spanning discussion about uh, Donald Trump and uh, what, wh- why somebody would support Donald Trump, as Isaac did. 
and also what a Donald Trump presidency would look like. Something we were talking about in March of 2016, uh, well before this was even a, a glimmer of reality in, in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, so w- during that episode, what we did, we made a lot of predictions and a lot had a lot of thoughts about Trump stuff. So I kind of assembled everything that sounded like predictive language. It may be interesting, it may not. Um, but I wanted to play that. If you want to listen to our two Trump episodes, they're not available online anymore. Uh, they will be... They're not? Nope, I've taken them down. Why? Because I took down everything before... Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, before, yeah. before this current incarnation. But they will be available uh, behind our paywall, which uh, there'll be more details about soon. And, uh, you know, who wants to listen to old episodes of podcasts? Exactly. But what we're going to do is we're going to listen to these episodes and see... Uh, did uh, did these predictions come true? Who was right? Who was wrong? Okay. So right. let's let's listen. This is a little brief clip um, about. Well, let's display it. Let's see, I I just don't believe that Ooh, the governing coalition of Republicans, who I think are very, um, not in debt to, but controlled by their financial backers, I don't think they're going to play ball with him in the economic ways that you want them to. I don't think it matters, though. I mean, I think what's I think that we have been missing a true leader for a very, very long time. And now we have two suddenly (laughs) at once, you know, people who really, you know, they're kind of opposites and they're also really similar at the same time. Quite frankly, if you wait, okay. Uh, So uh, I don't think, you know, they are working with him because he's pushing for their agenda. Yeah. So that was, uh, and there's more of this where I'm thinking that his presidency is going to go a very specific way, but it, it hasn't at all. And there's more of that information in there, but economically speaking, I, I thought that the Republican party would want nothing to do with Trumpism, but Trumpism is basically taken on. Well, look, here's how I can I can deal with this critique easily. Like I can play Fox News like anchor easily and just be like what Trump is doing is making friends while trying to get a little bit of his shit out there. Mm-hmm. He did pass a tariff. You know, people don't know people. We haven't been talking about it at all, but he did pass his first tariff, which was Canadian lumber, right? Lumber 84, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, he did NTPP. He's done little bits of anti-globalist shit. For the most part, though, I will agree that right now he looks like a neocon. He looks like a Paul Ryan. For the most part, I mean, he tried to get one thing through, didn't work. Now he's doing tax reform, which is just like, oh, yep. fucking kill me. You know, yep. like I, you know, now there's going to be no estate tax, which is, it was only affecting people who make five million dollars a year. Yeah, it's like, come yeah, on, man. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's one thing if it affects people making two hundred k, but it's another thing if it's like how many people are making. We know 5 how this song million. goes. Yeah, exactly. We've heard it before. So, you know, it's just not something I care about. It's like, I don't give a fuck about that. Why are you even doing this? So, um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I think he is playing ball, but you're right that so far it looks like the system is kind of getting the better of him. Or, or he, you know, you, 
Well, we'll get. Or I mean, he's always been part of it, yeah. which maybe maybe is. Let's uh, let's listen to this. Read his website. There's a lot of vague writing there. There's not a lot of specifics, and what you have to kind of depend on too is, is sometimes he'll say things, and you it gets you know how how do I interpret what this message is? Well, there's definitely a lot of coded things that he says. You know, he says a lot of coded shit. What do you but- mean? What's coded? Well, they'll ask him something like, in terms of healthcare, right? So they'll ask him like, so what do you want to do with healthcare? And he'll be like, I hate Obamacare. You know, blah, blah, blah. He'll go on this large rant against Obamacare for a few seconds. But then he'll say, and I'm going to replace it with something better that will make sure that no people are dying on the streets. So that's a coded way of him saying he wants socialized healthcare, which he's supported for his whole career. He's always been like a socialized healthcare guy, you know? Why, but why is that coded? Aren't you just reading meanings into what he's saying? Like- he does that stuff a lot, though. You know, he'll, he'll say, they asked him, okay, are you pro? He's said in the past that he uh, wants to be neutral when it comes to Israel, right? Which is like the number one no-no that a politician can say. And they asked him that the other night. And he was like, I love Israel. Israel's the best. All I want to do is for the sake of negotiation, uh, have a neutral facing front. Whereas everyone else on the stage will say, Israel is right, Palestine is wrong. Whereas he refuses to say that because later on, he will be neutral when it comes to Israel. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the coded language thing, there's, there's a lot of healthcare discussion that I have queued up for right after this, but. So what do you think of that? What just, we just heard? Well, I think that, I think the same thing now that I thought then, which is you're, you're reading, it's like reading tea leaves and, and you think that he's providing coded messages, uh, that he, no, uh, he's just babbling. He's Uh, just sort of babbling away. He's word, you know, it's word salad. Hey, I mean, like, okay, it's, I, I like Steve Bannon. You know, I, I think Steve Bannon... I like his hair. I, want, I, 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 want that I like hair. him. I, I like his... He's an anti-globalist, and that's what I am. I'm an anti-globalist, you hate right? Jews. No, I don't... It's, Steve Bannon doesn't hate Jews. Give me a break. Neither does Trump. I, I can't hate Jews. I am Jew. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> I can't hate Jews. I am yeah, Jew. No, and, and you know what? There are people who hate Jews. There are people who have said to me, you can't be all right. You're a fucking a Jew, you know, which is not cool. I'm not down with that. I mean, it's it's... A, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to hear because Bannon is kind of out and he did try and get rid of Obamacare, but at the same time, he was trying to replace it with something. Was he trying to replace it with something good? No. 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 He, was, he was trying to replace it with something stupid. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, it's, I, I guess I have to admit that uh, he wasn't going for universal health care and he hasn't been... Um, the total, what he has not been in this 100 days, even though they're trying to make him seem like that's what he's been, is a total um, wrecking ball. You know, like he really hasn't. He hasn't gone off on too many limbs. He really has basically, you know, the one thing he did that was kind of interesting was bombing Syria, right? right? 
And like that was kind of cool. And everybody was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Right. And then it kind of went away. So and not that I'm for that. You know, like as somebody tweeted, somebody on who's a right wing person, uh, you know, we didn't vote for Trump so he can do tax reform and bomb fucking Syria. You know, we would have voted for Jeb Bush if that's no. what we wanted to do or Hillary. No. You know what I mean? Well, do you so, want to hear the health care discussion? Because right. we get into that. We talked, we touched on this and then we got away from it. I didn't want to let it go. Minutes. Yeah, because can, you kind of indicated that Donald Trump would replace Obamacare with we can some sort of socialized health care. But he, will, that, he definitely will. He has a seven. How do you point know that? Because he has a seven point health plan on his website. Dude. He does. I'm looking at it. He did have. So it. he yeah, wants to. Okay. Let's so, let me comment. let me read it. All right. I'll try to summarize. So he wants to completely op- repeal Obamacare. That's point one. Mm-hmm. Modify existing law that inhibits the sale of health insurance across state lines, as long as the planned purchase complies with state requirements. Any vendor ought to be able to offer insurance in any state. Uh, allow individuals to fully deduct health insurance premium payments from their tax returns under the current tax system. Allow individuals to use health savings accounts. Contributions into HSAs should be tax-free and should be allowed to accumulate. So it'd be the equivalent of an IRA, I guess, that comes with your job. Require price transparency from all healthcare providers, especially doctors and healthcare organizations mm-hmm. like clinics and hospitals. Are these even in Trump uh, care? Block grant Medicaid to the states. This was. I don't know. Remove barriers to entry into free markets for drug providers that offer safe, reliable, and cheaper products. So what's the socialized part of that? That is socialized health. Which part? That pattern of things that you just heard, complete and other transparency, totally being able to import drugs from Canada for way lower than the price that we're paying. That crazy what I'm saying. Well, first of all, pure transparency does require an intense amount of state control. Secondly, if these IRAs are untaxed fucking, you know, basically accounts that pay for your health care, you're talking about socialized health care. I mean, yeah, you're not talking about communist health care. <laughs> but the but HSA, was, there, was there an the IRA component? Your money, right? Was there HSA? HSAs come out of your paycheck and it's basically set up the same way that your Trump care set up. Yeah. Sure, but if, but if that's Maybe? if you get that level which iteration of contribution, it if it is an IRA that's going to pay for your health care, I mean that is it's pretty socialized, you know? I mean an IRA is something that takes the place of your social security. You know what I mean? It's it's basically well, that's true. Yeah, but it's not overseen to the point that it well, is if you don't have to pay a subsidy or pay that you know? instead. But I mean, that, look, that's coming out of your paycheck, though. Yeah, I mean, it's still coming out of your paycheck. Yes. Or your employer's matching, you know, the amount that you contribute. Yeah, you're not you're paying lucky. for it through pure taxes alone. Yeah. You know, which is what I think Bernie would, would have it all wrapped into taxes only. Well, he'd probably know? advocate for single payer. Yeah, which which I think Trump ultimately would advocate for. But also, I don't, it's but. not fair. You're, you're making a lot of. I think he would. I, I, still, I stand I'm by that. that. He said that in the past several times. He had, he what did say past? that. Yeah, he said that in past interviews that he he said before he was running for president. Yes, before, before, but it's not, not as part of his platform as president. Today, yes, is he going to be able to? People are terrified. His constituency is terrified of the idea of socialized anything. So he has to play, you know, the game a little. So you think that he's playing? I actually some sort don't. I still, um, I stand by that. I, I think, yeah, but he's not. He didn't do any of these things. He's talking about repealing. Obama I mean, we went through the healthcare thing for once. The purpose and... of replacing it with an even more socialized yes. system. I think that's one hundred percent what he's doing. I don't know if it's a shell game. I think he, look, 
for so long, the way the establishment has gotten away with everything they've gotten away with is by like, you know, Karl Rove, what did he do? He like weaponized words. So he made it so that if you say a certain thing, it sounds a certain way, even though you're talking about the exact opposite thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Operation Iraqi Freedom. You know, like how do we frame everything in a way where it isn't what it actually is? You know? Sure. Trump is does that. Trump does that very well, but he does it independently of everybody else. Right, so it's well, like, again, it's a dragon versus but, dragon. Yeah, yeah okay. I, look, the Trump bill that was instituted, was it what I'm describing? Fuck no. No. No, it wasn't. Because he had no intention of doing these these things that you think that he was going to do because you read coded messages that aren't actually coded. I don't think it's about coded messages. <laughs> it's It's just that... I think that he's trying to get things done. He's trying to play by the rules in a certain way and trying to make friends. I think what he's trying to do is make <laughs> friends in Congress. So, so so what you're saying is the plan is, all right, we're going to do this shitty Obamacare replacement that's been concocted by Paul yeah, Ryan and yeah, his creeps. And I then later, so. once he's made all the friends that he needs yeah, to make, then he there's going to be... An- <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well why not I mean what's your explanation what's your paradigm that he was just a secret neocon the whole time no I mean, that he that doesn't true? that he that he doesn't care about any of these issues that he just babbles on uh, on the bully pulpit and says stuff that that sounds good and people like well, you but so he has no ideology uh, his ideology is uh, no, not really. He doesn't have any ideology. He's whatever somebody told him last. He's like, all right, that yeah, sounds fine. I'm gonna I've do heard that. that said before. But so then, okay, so you think that rescinding the tariffs, ending the TPB, renegotiating think- NAFTA. You think that these things are just? I thought we were pulling or, out of NAFTA. Now we're renegotiating. Now we're no, but he admitted it. I mean, he, at least is, he was transparent. What about I'm that. what I'm saying is, I mean, I, he does have business related beliefs that affect business, but in general, he doesn't have any governing ideology. He doesn't care about most of these things. You know. It, so then, why do you think? I mean, so you, but I just can't buy into this narrative that oh, he was just secretly like Paul Ryan the whole time. I'm not time. saying he was secretly Paul Ryan. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he doesn't, he's just, I'm a Republican now and Republicans do this stuff. Yeah, this so you're a, thinking that he's just now a, a falling in line Republican and that explains his sort of shitty first 100 days. Well, he he doesn't know how to govern is the major explanation for his shitty first 100 days. He has no, he didn't assemble any t- any kind of team that knows how Congress works, that knows how our system of government works. But don't you works. think that's what he's maybe doing? Like, don't you think that that's why he's doing these forays? Because he's doing the easy shit first? What's healthcare is not the easy shit. Well, he thought it would be, and it wasn't. You know, he got bad data that said, like, well, no, he thought, I have a Republican Congress. They all fucking hate Obamacare. Let's get this through. And then we'll but try they again. And then they, he realized, oh, this is but that's, not what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm not even remotely connected to governing. And I know the, the Republicans have been for the past eight years incapable of presenting an alternate plan to Obamacare. Yeah, yeah. They've been asked for years now, what is your replacement plan? What will it and be? And they have nothing. And they've all, they, they always claim they have it and there's some bullshit thing that they've been working on. They don't have it. So, 
even I know that. So if I know that, then the president of the United States should certainly know that, that they're incapable. Yeah, of. and what they produced was clearly unsatisfactory or else it would have fucking passed. And, and this is what was frustrating about him is that it was like I felt like if he had gone out on a limb there right off the bat, I would have felt really good because it would have been like, oh, this is why I voted for this guy. And instead, I mean, I don't know, like for me, maybe the only explanation is, and I don't really see any other explanation besides that he is just, you know, he's trying to figure it out. Like he's trying to, he's trying to like figure out how to make friends in Congress. So that he keeps saying making friends in Congress. I mean, the, the, I, I just, that, that doesn't make any logical sense how long does somebody need to make friends for like he's well, the president days isn't that long i read this great slate article that as much as i dislike slate i don't know what I'm you're sorry, why i keep yeah, doing that uh the slate article postulated that what trump should have done would have been to get into office and work with democrats on stuff defang the democrats uh in terms of opposition to him by offering them an olive branch yeah. on stuff that they agreed on yeah so, sure so he coming in done that. you're right I worked agree. on them with infrastructure maybe yeah worked that's on them. what he should his first thing should have been fucking infrastructure right. so he could have made friends in that way yeah I mean, no it, i agree man he, he's been extremely disappointed i i agree and it's you know he's not i still don't think the conception that i had of him was totally wrong because I, I i don't think there's any no there's no other logical explanation i mean you can't just uh, say no other logical again, explanation for what you can't just say oh he was just a normal he's full of shit. in line Republican. no i'm not saying that you i'm know? saying you he's can't say full that. of shit yeah, okay so but the, beneath being full of shit he's there a, has to be some something you know it's not no, just like, there he's doesn't. Not just like a clown yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, pouring yourself some more treats. All right, so here's me predicting uh, how, what kind of president Trump would have been. The Democrats, like the liberal people, it's like now he's going to be Hitler. Everything he's doing is going to be Hitler. Oh, this person said something bad. That means he's going to be Hitler. You know, everybody is fucking Hitler all the time. It's right. like we're always going to descend into this fucking Nazi chaos. And that's fucking bullshit. I mean, that's, Donald Trump is not Hitler. He is not, I mean, like, well, I, at I, all. I agree. My position on Donald Trump is that everyone is being very naive about what a Donald Trump presidency would look like. Yeah. Everybody from uh, liberals, you know, people that are afraid of him being Hitler, to his supporters, to people yeah. like you. I think all of the whole group is being uh, naive about what's going to happen. Because my prediction, if Donald Trump was elected president, he's going to be Jesse Ventura. He's not going to have a governing coalition. He's going to be ineffective in getting anything accomplished, and he's going to be out of office in four years. Maybe. That, I mean, that might be true. That is what I think is going to happen, and and everybody's going to be very surprised by because he doesn't have a governing coalition. The Republicans are, you know, economically, Republicans are going to have issues with a lot of his policies. Well, I guess not. Um, he's not going to find many friends on the Democratic side for that same reason. That's true. He's not going to be coming into office with a group of people that he can get through. Legis legislation through unless he completely destroys the republican party which it seems like that's what's happening you know if he gets elected basically the republican party is they're not a party anymore you know they're totally divided but they are because there's still congress people that are i mean but look at there's all, not but look at the people that have come out for trump we have christie major republican and then jeff sessions major republican so if if trump can get those people behind him and 
appealing what? to the blue collar like workers of America. I mean, every single person in office wants to do that. You know, that's why they all did it to begin with, because they want to feel like they're representing people. And if you can really capture that, I mean, that's what, it's a new party, really. But it's not really the Republicans. That used to be the Democrats' job. And part of the reason why this is happening is because Hillary Clinton has... She only cares about the very top, bottom, and the very top. She doesn't care about the middle, uh -huh. you know? So somebody has to speak for those people. And now that's becoming the, the Republicans, you know, through, through Trump. What do you mm. think is going to happen with Donald Trump? I mean, I, yeah. That, that was pretty... Um, uh, I'm definitely wrong about him being Jesse Ventura in the way mm. that I thought. He's, I don't think you are. I, th I think... I think at the time when I was saying that, I was thinking that the Republicans would not work with yeah, him, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's but that wrong. that hasn't been the case. Yeah. Uh, he's been Jesse Ventura because he doesn't know how to govern. But what, is that, what, what do you mean a governing coalition? What does that mean? That means a group of people that have a, a particular um, strategy for how they want the country to proceed. How, what, well, what, do you what mean are there going to be the people like what, what? There were enough people to form a majority in Congress, okay. right? So you get legislation passed through Congress. So mm -hmm. a, a president has certain uh, goals that he wants to meet. And he has a platform that he runs on. So the governing coalition of Republicans uh, would agree on these things needing to happen. Now, what I was wrong about was I thought the Republicans would not be as venal as they are but they immediately lined up behind trump as soon as he became the nominee and well or did he line up behind them really oh, it's kind of what it seems more like yeah. you know yeah which was surprising you know i mean i i think uh that's the part that i'm missing and that's the part that i didn't think would happen i i really didn't think trump would get in there and be so republican i right. I, I didn't think he would just be so toe the line normal republican and i i, I think maybe he's just towing the line you know i mean i don't i think if he stays on this course now i will say that you're right that he will get Jesse Ventura. Yeah. He'll get he'll be gone, you know, if he doesn't do something different right. soon. You know, if he doesn't actually come through on this promise of being different and draining the swamp, which he has not done at all. Right? right? I mean, I I haven't seen any evidence of that. Yeah. Um yeah, he's not going to make it through the next thing you know i mean well, the democrats, unless the democrats fucking blow something. it which which they very snatching, much snatching yeah. defeat no, from the jaws well, of victory and that's the thing i mean they haven't shown any evidence of any sort of i mean they're running fucking us off that guy are you fucking kidding me it's like insanity the, the idea that they would run somebody like us off and think that's the answer it's like the people who are pulling the strings in there are just complete fucking morons. Like they're idiots. Yeah, it's it's along. So they're but yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe the Dems can't even meet the fucking well, that's, challenge. That's yeah. what I'm. You know, I'm less worried about Trump rallying than I am about the Democrats just fucking blowing, just blowing it. it. And, and who do they have? Nobody. And running some yeah, creep. Well, yeah, got, we're already what three years away. There's no one. Who do they have? They've got they've got time, but they've really got a. You know, marshal these. They're gonna do something dumb, gonna like these run, cats. watch. They're gonna fucking. They're gonna just do something idiotic, like run Kamala Harris. They're gonna be like, it's Kamala, <laughs> Kamala. 
and it's just going to completely fail. Or they'll do like Cory Booker and be like, it's replacement Obama. Yeah, yeah, here's replacement Obama, (laughs) and it's going to just fail miserably. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we need a fucking third party, and and hopefully, maybe this will just make everybody so pissed that we'll get that. You know, well, it's people are smarter than you think. No, you know? I, I don't think are people are dumb, than, but the, yeah. but but people are also uh, more predictable than we like to admit. And the thing that we've seen with third parties is until until the third parties build something from the ground up, which most of them haven't done at all. They they throw in a, pr- a presidential candidate every few years, but they don't do any like let's get some Green Party people elected to Congress. You know when. We just had this um, uh, election in my congressional district to replace, what's his name, Becerra? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, dude, I w- interviewed one of those people, Wendy Correa. And I and one of the guys that was running was a Green Party member. He's the only Green person that was running. So I just voted for him in the primary because I was like, fuck it. Let's get, you know, this is a place to put Green Party members. And he lost. And, you know, I have all these dumbass friends. We had 12% turnout in our congressional yeah, district. No, it's insane. I was talking to Wendy, who ran in that race, and she was like, yeah, this is honestly a Congress seat that's going to be decided by like 10,000 votes, yeah. which is amazing. And, and that's the that's the most central district in Los Angeles. Yes. That's downtown Los Angeles. And it's so... And in, in, in California, you can vote by mail, which I do every election. It's very easy to get this done. And that's what's so frustrating about all these fucking third-party people and all these liberal protesters. I'm like, you don't do the real basic necessary work of just voting uh, and stuff that's important. Can you imagine if we'd elected a green party member and sent him to Congress? That would have been ridiculous. That's how you start that shit. But we don't want to do that. We just want to, you know, I'm only going to care when the president's elected. And that's why we get fucked. So dumb. Yeah, I know. That's true. If you had, if you had a democratic majority or a green party, democratic coalition in Congress, you could, you know, I wouldn't be that worried about President Trump. Luckily, the Republicans are so fucked up that, uh, you know, they can't get anything done anyway. But that's only because well, they're so they only didn't get one thing done. I mean, they only didn't get Obamacare done because I think Paul Ryan is just a cancer. And, you know, it, it's really just... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've been surprised. I, I, I've been, I've been surprised at how totally not world shaking it's been so far. You know, I mean, there was the Syria thing, and that was basically it. That was the only thing that was like Trumpish so far. Everything else has just been like we might as well have had fucking Jeb Bush in there. You know, I mean, it wouldn't have been any fucking different. So. Uh, this is a long one, so we don't have to play the whole thing. What do you think is going to happen if Donald Trump gets elected president? Well, I think you raise a very good point. I mean, honestly, yeah. Tr- what's the presidency really going to look like? I mean, yeah. the way would it really be? It's going to be Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Is it going to be, first of all, it's certainly not going to be Hitler. Well, you know, our, I mean, our, <laughs> right about know, that. Yeah. Ain't wrong. It's difficult for that to really happen. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't ever say it can't happen here. That's the name of it. Actually, that, the book is but, called yeah. "It Can the, Happen." The likelihood of that being happen, the case, yes. the likelihood of just being an ineffective presidency—that's kind of a circus show. This is my concern. This is these are my concerns about what's going to happen if Donald Trump's elected president. My concern is that number one, he picks a Supreme Court justice, huh? which I don't think you've contended with because I'm, if we I'm have for, a Republican choosing a Supreme Court show. justice, they're going to—it's going to be you know—we've we, seen the result of of 
of Alito well, and Roberts. I guess we're talking about the, the gay thing, right? And when that, that <laughs> no, is... it's not about the. Uh, that's not even my concern. It's it's that has the most long-reaching policy effects. Like Citizens United is a is, is a is a result of the people that were on the bench, two of whom were appointed by George W. Bush. Yeah, right. No, dude, Bush is. I, I am. Bush is a neocon. Right? Yeah, I get it. I understand. I understand you're not supporting. George W. Yeah. Bush, but the question: I'm very cordial. Uh, open Supreme Court seat, so the Republicans were successful in, in yes. preventing Obama from appointing somebody. That next president is going to have a huge impact on the Supreme Court for generations. Yep. Well, but but and then who else would we get? I mean, another one of the same type of Kagan people who are ultra PC, who are going to enforce you know like Title Seven up the wazoo to the point where, but unless you hire. But, Fifteen percent black people and six percent. Have, have those cases even come through? That's not even you know. Supreme there Court has doesn't actively seek yeah. out. There's been some Title Nine cases about like like. Uh, but is that really law and stuff? I think. But is that really is that really higher? Is, is uh, the potential of another Citizens United? Okay. Versus, you know, some politically correct horseshit. But didn't some of the liberals vote for Citizens United? I don't think so. I think that was a five and four. I mean, decision. look, Did obviously, Citizens United for me is I think that's I was like correct. the problem. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm totally for being against. So if you get that. Donald Trump in office, he's... I don't think. But he's again, he's representing the blue collar people. Like I think he's all about raising tariffs, right? I mean, I think what he wants to do is regulate banks to a degree. You know what I mean? And regulate the power of money. You don't have any guarantee that he's not going to... Because he's going to have to be basically caucusing with the Republicans. He's got to get somebody through the Republicans. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's going to have Republicans telling him who his nominee should be. He's a no. Yeah. He doesn't have knowledge of... you know. All the criticism aside of Barack Obama, I'm pretty sure that guy has a pretty good grasp on who uh, Supreme Court candidates... uh, would but, be best in line. Should be again. Should be well, in terms of the Yale law no, system. In, ter- in that, terms you know, of, of of what impact he wants to have on the court. There is not a single person on the court. Do you know this? Who's not from Stanford, Yale, or Harvard? Oh well, that, that didn't change. There is not a that single person on there that exists outside of the heavily liberal private school institution that is run by the same people who run the media. By the way. It's all one massive system. What I like about Trump and Bernie is that both those guys exist outside that system. Yeah. And they're both saying, like, we're going to shake up this power structure, you know? So I don't, I'm not convinced that a Trump Supreme Court nominee is going to be bad. I mean, I think it would be cool if he picked somebody who went to some shitty college, you know what I mean? Who's also, who's a great legal scholar. But, I just don't think know. that's going to happen. I think he's going to pick somebody in the circuit because yep. the, the offerings that are going to be given circuit? to him, it's going to be, going to come filtered out from, circuit. from what, what is the, the conservative you know, circuit? conservatism in general. And it's just going to be, it's not going to be somebody like that. He's going to pick who he's, you know, kind of suggested to pick. Well, so maybe, if, I don't know. if we're going to have somebody from one of those elite institutions get picked, I'd rather it be somebody from my side than somebody from their side. Because we have to live with that shit for as long as that Supreme Court justice is alive, which is a long fucking time. And I, I, I mean, I think what you're saying is fair. I, I just think we disagree. I mean, I, I And think just think about, about how, think about how many of the, the justices that are old enough to die or retire there are that are on the quote-unquote liberal side. Uh, 
Citizens United, by the way, 5-4. Uh, the four dissenting were Stevens, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Sotomayor. Who are the four four? Who are the five four? Uh, the five in favor were using Wikipedia here. Uh, Kennedy. Who's uh, liberal a lot of times? Well, he's he's the swing vote. Yeah, he's a swing vote, right? Ooh. Um, he wrote the opinion, and then Roberts and Alito concurred and wrote their own. Scalia joined and wrote a concurrence, and Thomas wrote a uh, separate opinion. He just wrote, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I mean, here's the thing about Citizens United. The, I don't really, I don't know enough about the case to really give analysis, but legally, it's a sound decision. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not like activist on the bench decision. You know what I mean? Like, legally, it's not wrong. You know, there just needs to be legislation to stop it. Sure. I mean, that's what we need. It's, it's, I don't think the judges who voted for it are wrong. I think they were following the law. The re- absurd thing is that everybody hates it. Yeah. We all want money out of politics on both left and the right. Yeah. And nobody is fucking has the political will to do it because that's, they're all getting their bills paid by these fucking people, which is horrible. Yeah. And yeah. I really did hope that Trump was going to be some level of a blow to that system, and he hasn't been. You know, I mean, so far he has played by the rules, and it's so strange to me that he would. I, I mean, Gorsuch, from what I know about him, I, I like Gorsuch. I think you need somebody like that on the court who is really smart and an originalist like Scalia was. You know, Scalia. Scalia. Scalia um, sounds like a villain in a bar. You know, movie. I, and I have no problem with the Supreme Court being conservative because everything else is fucking liberal in so many of these worlds. Not Congress now, but it will be again, you know, soon. I don't mind a conservative constri- Supreme Court, actually. I, I would almost prefer one because I feel like conservative justices are a little less activist than liberal ones. You know, I think liberal ones are a little more. If you look at the history, judicial history, it was always liberal justices that, like Cardozo and, um, you know, who's the other guy? Cardozo was a great one. Brennan? No, the, I'm talking about like early judicial history. Oh. Um, Cardozo changed a bunch of shit. He made the reasonable person standard. And also, uh, what's the fucking, Brandeis, you know? These were guys who really changed everything. They kind of like changed the whole way that we consider certain things. And I think that that's necessary sometimes. I think conservatives are a little more liable to just stick with the fucking things the way they are, you know? Yeah. So I would almost say the, the Supreme Court should but always that's the, tend a little I mean, that's not the argument you were making, though. You're yeah. right. What I wanted was for him to hire some guy who went to fucking University Which, of Nebraska Law, you know, I and don't that's even, what I wanted, and he didn't. I, so. I don't even disagree with that rationale, yeah. you know, but I was just, you know, clearly I was skeptical and right to be skeptical. That's very surprising to me. I mean, I, I'm really surprised that he's been so, you know, not radical at all, you know? Here's another prediction. Yeah, that's, uh, you made? That would be the thing I would care. So I interrupted you. What are your like pattern so of Donald history. Trump becomes This is where you're happens. most right. In your ideal world. What is what is ideal? The Republican Party splits in half. 
it gets destroyed. It's like pfft, wedge over. Yeah, that hasn't happened at all. But a bunch of people jump ship to the Trump ship. Yeah. A bunch of people on the Democratic side who are interested in representing the Rust Belt states, you know, which Trump is doing very well in. Yeah. They jump ship too because they remember, hey, unions, remember? This was a democratic thing. <laughs> like this is what we're supposed to be caring about while we're out here fucking Is Donald Trump pro union? Uh, I actually don't know if he's pro-union, but I know he's definitely pro-American jobs and high tariffs, which is very anti-free trade, you yeah. know? So, you know, a bunch of people who want to protect the American blue-collar worker jump from that side, and he creates a truly independent coalition. You know, that would be the ideal thing. You know, is it possible that you're right? He gets there, he can't get anything done. He's a sitting turkey duck like yeah. Jesse Ventura in Minnesota. You know, maybe that would happen too. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm like an optimist. I'm just saying in terms of who I'm voting for. Yeah, it's kind of an know. unknown situation. The only Jesse Ventura is really the only uh, comparable. It's Schwarzenegger. Uh, Schwarzenegger was pretty Republican in his dealings. Like he had a Republican coalition. He's pretty similar, though, he, right? But he was a disaster for California. Yeah, he was a bad governor. Yeah, that's yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> Like, do you really want to cite Schwarzenegger as your your example? I'm just saying that if we're looking for other... At least Jesse Ventura, people are like... "Eh." What about Franken, though? Franken's made it in on the celeb ticket, and he's doing fine. But he has pretty standard liberal democratic views. He's not... Too much of an outsider, really. You know, Donald Trump is, is, is in a bizarro world. Like, he's saying things that Republicans don't usually say. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's a question. It's a real question of how that would govern. I I predict a Jesse Ventura style presidency. Yeah, there's I a mean, lot. I don't of... know what's going to happen. I I think it's going to be. It's so fun and exciting, though. I mean, it's so exciting to see what's going to happen because they don't want him. I mean, the Republican they want anybody but him because yeah. he doesn't work for them. You know. Nope. So, but they also want to win. And they you, see, you okay. see some coalescing around him. Yeah, and definitely. You're starting to see it. You're seeing people breaking off and thinking about it again. And I think you're seeing liberal people even now. You know, Camille Paglia just wrote a pro-Trump no, Please piece. Don't cite Camille Paglia. <laughs> What's wrong with her? I love her. She, she's hardly uh, somebody liberal, to yeah. be cited as a liberal. Sure, but she's a thinker. Right? She's a smart. She's a smarty. And so... <laughs> I guess... You know, I I just think people are starting to realize they're starting to get like okay, this is a guy who. I don't know why I was so hard on. They're starting to understand because I think it's fine. We've been trained to just shut up. Intoxicated, I think. You know, like when Trump starts talking, it's just like we're supposed to think this is completely ridiculous every second. You think that? Well, that that wasn't wrong. I mean, you know. I don't say you were wrong. Yeah, I think it. it, Yeah, you know it's. That was true. Everybody did think he was completely ridiculous. And well, people he, slowly but surely he, came around. It's ridiculous. People just didn't take his ridiculousness well, seriously. Well, it's just going to be so sad, Except for though. Keith Ellison. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a cool one. It's we, Should we watch that? Let's watch that. Yeah, that's that's one, a good clip. That's one of my favorite this clips. This was Keith Ellison, the guy that everybody wanted. So the Democratic Party is basically... The funny thing is, I was saying that the uh, Republicans were splitting, but really what seems to be happening is the Democrats seem to be splitting in, into, you know, social justice warriors and oh, Bernieites, right? And Ellison was the Bernieite DNC chair candidate. And, 
what's his last name? Gomez? No. Perez? Perez is, Perez is the sort of Hillaryite candidate, and Perez won, right? And so, but this is the, uh, Bernie's guy for DNC chair, Keith Ellison, talking way long ago. July of 2015. July of 2015, talking about Trump. All I want to say is... On uh, This Week with George Stephanopoulos and a bunch yeah. of other uh, nattering nabobs. That anybody... <laughs> Uh, well, from the Democratic side of the fence, who who uh, thinks that who's who's terrified of the possibility of, of of President Trump, better vote, better get active, better get involved, because this man has got some uh, momentum, and uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs> to Sorry well, to laugh. Next hey, week, you know, look at that woman's stupid, stupid in face. Minnesota, win look the at her stupid face. Nobody thought he was going to win. I'm telling you, stranger things have happened. Well, and also, George, also. Well, yeah. There you go. And there's this perfect image. It's almost out of like. Hunger Games of this woman laughing at him just so <laughs> over the top. She looks like just like a bunny rabbit, just hilariously just laughing at the absurdity of this. Yeah. She... And, uh, you know, he was right. He was, he was on the money. Yeah. Uh, so here's your last thing that you said and that I thought was a pretty good sum up of, uh, of the whole situation. Uh, here we go. Donald Trump's ultimate goal is to that he's not doing the presidency surely as this, um, this you know additional jaunt, and that it turned into something more than he predicted. I think it that's exactly what it is. I think that's totally what is happening here. But if you read Tolstoy, you know Tolstoy's whole theory of history is that Napoleon, the man had very little to do with anything that happened. I mean, Napoleon is a gay, a name that we give to a is movement. Gay? <laughs> you know, that was going to happen whether Napoleon existed or not. And I think that that's exactly what Trump is. So I you think, think Trump, Trump entered the race and was like, holy shit, like... You think it wouldn't matter if it had been him, if it was him specifically. You think it was <laughs> a larger pattern that somebody could have come in and kind of... Absolutely. Grab the attention of this group of people that you think are underserved. Yeah, absolutely. And Trump just backed into it because he has this Twitter account. And he. what I love about him so much is that he is a monster created from the hubris of the current establishment. You know, like they put such a premium on fame. They yeah. made it so powerful. Right. That they created this monster. I mean, they allowed... A guy who had no, you know, no political acumen at all to come in and just by saying what was on his mind, appeal to a whole group of people that were totally ignored, you know, for, for a really long time. So, yeah, I think it's completely a chance. And he's a total monster. I mean, he's a total monster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, that's true. I'm, I'm vaguely right about those things. No, I think you were a hundred percent right. Like your your point is that if Trump hadn't been there, somebody else would have done Filled that. that role. And yeah. you're seeing it happening in Europe. I mean, the interesting difference about Europe and here is that in Europe they they get it. You know, in Europe they under they acknowledge that this is something that's sweeping everywhere. Yeah. You know, whereas I think most people in America just think. Oh, I hate Trump or I love Trump. You know, it's one or the other. They don't realize that this is a larger 
pattern pattern that's happening throughout the entire West. What's well, it's real interesting to me that you've you've pointed that out so far ahead. You know, I don't think that you get probably the credit deserved. I know that when election night came around, uh, because of our interactions, I was not uh, as confident or smug as any of my you know, other people around me. Like I was just like, well, you know, where I, did you watch it? I was at work and it was happening while I was, you know, I was barely working, but I had, uh, I had some websites open and they were doing updates, election night updates. I don't remember what it was. New York magazine had like a pretty good, uh, you know, I was on all those stats pages, you know, that were kind of, uh, adjusting there. Yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. Was it New York times that had the one where like it had the likelihood was that yeah. five thirty six? Was it was five? I don't remember. Sober? And it just, you know, that thing was slowly going yeah. on. I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, oh my God. the prophecy is, is being fulfilled. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was an interesting exercise to go back. Those are actually two really good episodes. Uh, that's only I only touched the surface of them. It's about two hours long uh, yeah. between the two of them, and there's there's the prototypical Black Lives Matter discussion. Yeah. Black on black crime <laughs> is invoked. There's uh, there's a there's a wide range, and there's other Trump stuff. A lot of campaign stuff that doesn't matter anymore. A lot of Bernie stuff in there too that also is not as relevant now. But uh, it was it was fun to listen to us talk about what we thought would happen. I'm really proud of those moments because we're pretty much correct well we were in the ballpark yeah at least. We but were, we're more in the ballpark yeah. than most people most people yeah you know yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true and instead of going on and doing talking points yeah it feels like that was like instead of a year ago more yeah. than a year ago that feels like that could have been done today yeah. you know that same discussion really yeah so uh go back and check out that episode uh if you can those two episodes they're both quite uh I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm amazed by the podcast. There's garbage in it for sure, um, but you know we we we've been on this story. I think a lot earlier than other people. Cowardice. Are you serious? Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. When freedom brings answer the call. This is a certified hood classic. Small loan.